0: Welcome to episode number 369 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I am here with my very own property manager, Mr. Harold Gonzalez, who manages my property in Cali, Colombia. And I've invited Harold to speak on the topic of linen management. He's a bit of an expert on this topic. And he recently did a training in our student group in our uh, SDR Profit Academy, which everybody loved. So I had to invite him on the podcast Harold, super excited to
1: have you on the show. Hey, Jasper. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I'm happy to be talking about this topic of linen that could be pretty daunting for most of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, first of all, uh, I want to mention uh, you guys are doing a great job with my apartment. Um, it seems like it's already fully booked uh, pretty much for uh, for January, uh, which means I can't come down there. But as you said, uh, before we started recording, uh, you, were, you were joking like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry we're making you too much money.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know? yeah, we're just going to have to stop making all that money if you want to come down and stay at your place. <laughs> yeah, to man. Take the count from the calendar, but the product sells itself. It's a it's a good quality unit, and uh, our job is to keep the place fresh, clean to the highest quality standards, and the guests happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, and um, tell us a little bit about Cali right now. Cali is a city in Colombia. Uh, Colombia is open for international travel. Uh, the climate is amazing. I actually had a, a couple friends of mine reach out, and they they asked like, "Hey." what's going on with your apartments? And they were interested in traveling down there um, because obviously there's a lot of restrictions right now around travel. um, But Colombia is one of those places where we can actually go. So tell us a little bit, what's what's going on over there?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. As we both know, Colombia has been one of the hotspots in the last recent years and Cali has been ever growing year over year. Uh, It's the third largest city in Colombia and uh, people usually first break ground in Medellin, then they come venture out to Cali and get a little more of an authentic feel because uh, Medellin has become much more touristic and home-like. But Cali has had some restrictions uh, still that they're recently applying, but not too strict where people can't get around. So people, there's still demand for travel out here, tourism, and people are coming down here. They haven't been given too much trouble coming down. With their, let's say, traveling by airport, if you have your reservation details and you're past a certain curfew, you can make it to your place, destined final destination, no problem.
0: Awesome! And uh, for the listeners who are interested in visiting Colombia and visiting Cali, how can they how can they find uh, your website?
1: Well, you're highly recommended to stay with us. It's a product that sells itself. Uh, you could easily find us if you search the buildings, but you could also check us out on our website, and that's staydirectly Exter, which is ex
0: Stay directly.exstr.com. Awesome. So Harold, let's dive into the topic for today, linen management. I know you have a ton of experience in hospitality. Okay, give us a quick background of of your what you've been up to.
1: Absolutely. I started in the hotel industry when I was uh, 20 years old. I began working in. I lived in New York City, and I began working at the front desk and worked my way up fairly quickly to management. With there, I had eight years of accumulated experience in Marriott hotels until I came down to Cali, Columbia. Uh, my parents are from here, so it was an easy transition, and that's where I stepped into the short-term rental industry. Throughout those years, I've had my fair share of experience with with linen by personal hands-on experience, and then also learning from others and active research
0: got it awesome man well let's uh let's dive in we've got a lot of stuff to cover here what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to talk about in-house versus outsourcing how to choose linen linen types washing and drying and then treating stains which is i know it's a big issue and then also protecting your investment. So we'll talk about how long can linen last, how, how often you replace it, what can you do to make it live longer and save money? So a lot of things to cover. Let's kick it off with the question in-house versus outsourcing linen. Which one should we choose? Which one does make sense?
1: Okay, so I like to say it's a lesser of two evils. Neither will go down the easy path but you choose what you think would be best for you. You do that by three factors, which um, first you make a cost benefit analysis to see if it's worth your time. Secondly, how much control do you want over the quality of your linen? Outsourcing, they'll mostly focus on getting the the items in, getting them out over in-house control where you can take your time, identify those stains, treat them the way you want. Because at the end of the day, it's uh, your own investment. But if uh, time is of the essence and uh, you need to speed things up, then outsourcing would be the way to go.
0: Got it. So outsourcing will save time, um, but it's, uh, it can also be more costly, right? There's no one solution for, for everybody. This is, uh, this is something everyone has to decide for themselves. Um, let's move to factors on choosing the linen. What type of linen are we going to buy?
1: So. It's strategic because you can make the best investment for your property, but then it probably wouldn't be the smartest. Depending on where your property is located, you want to make sure uh, like the rental, the pricing and the positioning, what other things competitors are offering, what the local market is asking for. And also if you're getting a lot of guest feedback on your linen.
0: Right. And so do you think in general, it's a good investment for people to to invest more money into their linens to provide a better experience?
1: Generally, you want to find a sweet spot, a midpoint, depending on how luxurious your your rental property is and what kind of travelers you're receiving, whether they're business executives or backpackers or family travels. You want to look into the linen type that these travelers expect and then you create the cost from there. But usually a midpoint because durability versus quality, at the end of the day, you're going to run your linen through a lot of harsh treatment. Right. So if you're going to have to be replaced eventually.
0: Yeah. So if if you're buying like the really high end linen, then um, it's not going to outweigh the duration and the extra comfort that you're providing to the guests. But then at the same time, you also don't want to buy the cheapest stuff unless you're running maybe like a really like low cost uh, budget
1: accommodation. Correct.
0: Got it. All right, so a topic that a lot of people ask questions about is the linen uh, the type. So there's a couple characteristics of linen, right? There's the fret count, there's the material. Um, the color is something that people always ask questions about. Should we do white? Should we do colors? And then also the quantity. like how many how many sheets should we have uh, available? And we could talk a bit about towels and everything uh, everything that we provide to our guests. But let's start with like the the fret count. Like you always see it as an advertising, it's like X amount of frets and what what does that even mean?
1: Yeah. So the threads are the amount of fibers per square inch and the smaller the thread count, the looser the fabric can be, but it also gets softener. But when the thread count gets higher, it gets softer, but then it becomes less breathable. And then it really isn't that noticeable after a certain amount of thread count. Usually it maxes out over 400, and then it's just a marketing gimmick. Usually where we want to find a sweet spot with the thread count is around 200 to 300. Extra here in Cali, we personally use 250. Got it. And what what about the material? So materials can vary from cottons to polyester. We use a blend of both uh, in our Cali operations. It still gives the softness of cotton and then the durability of polyester. So, again, right in that middle tier part where you can make them last longer and they can treat, uh, they can withstand a lot more treatment and uh, won't jeopardize too much of the quality. You'll still have some soft give to it.
0: Awesome. So between two and 300 is where we want to be. And what about the color? Is it white? Or some people say, you know, white is boring. Some people say it's better to have a dark color because then stains, you won't be able to see them. What's your uh, vision here?
1: Yeah. Well, color is a big question and people think against what should be, which is all white linen. They think hiding the stains with darker colors is the way to go. But in the contrary, what you want to do is find, identify the stains and treat them before the guests do. So all white is is a lot better. And they can take a lot more treatment as well.
0: Got it. And, and why, why is white better?
1: One, you can spot the stains a lot faster. So coffee stains, blood stains, dirt stains, they'll stand right out. Second of all, there's this mentality about white sheets of cleanliness right all white and uh it's what the hotel industry has adopted so just mentally embedded in us we're used to associating white with cleanliness and comfort
0: got it how many sets of linen should we have obviously we want to have more than one set because you want to wash your your set while you uh while you have a fresh one on the beds but how many should we have an extra spare one or what's your recommendation
1: Yeah, well, in certain extreme circumstances, we'll come down to just one set and then we'd have to wash those at the same time. But no, the idea is to have at least two sets one that you could swap out and get the beds clean, and then the other one while they're cleaning, while they're actually being washed. The sweet spot is having three sets. So they're in constant rotation. It's the Holy Trinity. So one set of sheets in reserve. One set of sheets to make the bed for your next arrival and then another set of sheets that are dirty and you can take your time cleaning them if you can
0: right and then would you recommend um providing the guests with that spare set so that they can you know they can change their their linen after after a couple days or would you recommend people keep that in reserve
1: one set of change sheets is good if you leave too many sheets The guests will go to town with them. So if you're limited, if you're on a tight budget and you're low on inventory, just leave at least one flat sheet. So just in case there's an accident, uh, a guest can swap out sheets and have with that until somebody can make it the next day or the day after to change the sheets for them. But one set of bed sheets per bedroom should be good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I learned it the hard way in the beginning when I started hosting, I used to provide a lot of things like ton of towels and like drinks and God knows what. And, uh, I learned it the hard way you provide
1: it, they use it. Yeah. They'll take it all.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. So and home with them too. Right. That as well. Sometimes. Yes. As a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y dot com code pad which is p a d let's talk about another really important topic which is the washing and the drying of the linen now this is i think where a lot of hosts can save some money because if you if you treat your linen well um then that expands the lifetime of your linen so what are some uh, let's start with some don'ts what should we definitely not do washing and drying our linen
1: Yeah. So we see washing and drying as a general process. Throw it in the machine, wash it, throw it in the dryer, dry, and don't have to think twice about it. Not quite. We can get that wrong quite easily. We want to take some factors into consideration. First of all, before putting the linen inside the washer and dryer, you want to make sure it's not balled up. You want to give it some wiggle room. You want to unfurl it and you don't wanna overload the washer as well, the washer and dryer. You wanna give it some space to breathe where it can cycle, where it can move around, loosen up that dirt and get properly cleaned. Also, you don't wanna use harsh chemicals and you're probably thinking bleach, but even your standard detergents can be really harsh over time, especially when you're washing linen as often as a short-term rental properties. So you wanna use mild detergents on that. Don't place the detergent directly on the linen as well. Sometimes it can get trapped on the linen. it won't properly clean, that it'll get filmy and then it just won't leave your sheets with a good finish. And don't overdo it with the detergent as well. It'll get hard to to wash out. Some people think that uh you just double load the that um, detergent cup. So if you double the amount of detergent, double the cleanliness, but no, it oversaturates the the wash and then it won't rinse properly. And some of those chemicals will still stay inside the linen. Also, now when you pass over to your drying cycle, you don't want to set high heats because that could be damaging to your sheets over time. And then once the drying cycle finishes, you don't want to let your, your sheets sit in those high heats till the next day. Sometimes there's issues where to save time, You'll set it on the dry and you'll come back whenever you get to it because it'll be right there ready for you and dry. But that whole time it's like an oven for your sheets and it'll damage quickly. And then not to use fabric softeners because the chemicals in the fabric softeners will settle into, um, into the pores of the, of the linen. It'll get clunky, it'll contain oil, and then your sheets will turn yellow a lot faster.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. That was a surprising one to me. Cause I always thought fabric softeners were a good thing. Cause in my mind, I was like, Hey, I want the sheets to be comfortable and soft for my guests.
1: Well, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And then in short-term rentals, because we're taking these things and running with them and it's not, sheets aren't intended to be washed as frequently. We have to take more um, delicate approaches to making our, our inventory last.
0: Right, so if, if you're washing your own linen that you wash, you, you don't wash it frequently, then you could be using fabric softener, but not for the, not for short-term rentals.
1: Yeah, and even at that, I would say apply it sparingly. I mean, these companies, that's what they want to uh, lead you to believe. They don't want you to use household items that cost a fraction of the price to uh, wash your things. They want you to buy their products and then use them as often as possible. So you have to go out and buy some more
0: makes sense makes sense all right so let's talk about the the do's of washing and drying
1: yeah so where people also can get treatment and washing wrong is by not spot treating or pre-treating before the washing cycle so that's what you do want to do if you identify that there is a stain uh you want to spot treat it you want to add whatever said chemical which we'll get into that as well on how to uh, treat stains and then use mild detergents in the washing cycle. Also, on the contrary of balling up the clothes, you want to open them up. You want to unfurl them before you put them in the washer and the dryer. Also, don't use high heat settings. So you'll use the medium heat or medium to high heat if you want a quicker dry. And then once they're just about dry, that's when you pull them out. You don't have to worry about them molding up. Just if they're cool to the touch, they're good to go. And then In occasion, you can soak them with vinegar and baking soda, which is going to be our miracle treatment here. That'll be the biggest takeaway is for whitening, for lifting off stains, use a combination of vinegar and baking soda. You can pre-treat or you can uh, soak it overnight, at least six to 12 hours. And you want to try to do that at least once a month or on a weekly basis.
0: And what does that do to the sheets, the vinegar and the baking soda?
1: whatever suds or whatever accumulation that's been trapped in the sheets that create that opaque look, that yellowing look, it'll break those things down. The vinegar helps dissolve away the grut that's built up and then the baking soda absorbs it. Mm, Interesting. And what's the measurements on that? So to create a bomb, a volcano, uh, I would say, take a big bin. If you got a lot of laundry to, to get done, you want to do big loads. You filled it up to the four to one ratio, a liter of, um, of vinegar, a liter of uh, baking soda, add water to it, and then let it sit overnight. Now, you could use as needed. I mean, you could cut down the, the the ratios, but somewhere along those lines.
0: And then when you combine the vinegar with the baking soda, you get this reaction, right?
1: Yeah, you get this oxidating reaction, with, which that chemical reaction is... The active ingredient that helps brighten up and whiten your sheets without damaging them, and using that very harsh treatment.
0: That's why it's called the the volcano.
1: <laughs> that's why it's called the volcano.
0: It's not dangerous though, right? It's not. You know, you're not, not going to blow up your apartments or anything.
1: <laughs> There's no blowing up. I just <laughs> okay. entertain your kids, and that's it.
0: <laughs> All right, awesome, man. Sweet. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, you mentioned stains. Now, that's obviously something that people also struggle with. Um, because you know how do you how do you remove stains especially with white linens you have to remove the stain as we as we mentioned before we want to use white linens but then we also have to make sure that we remove every single stain so what's the best process to to get rid of stains and does that depend on the type of stain
1: yeah so stains vary there's grease and oil stains makeup there's ink and hair dye there's Dirt stains, there is bodily fluids or protein stains rather, and they could all take different approaches. But generally, at the bottom, they they're they're almost just about the same. For grease stains, believe it or not, dish detergent. You apply a little bit of dish detergent, you dampen the the sheets, and then you give it a little brush with a, with a soft brush or soft toothbrush or something, uh, loosen up those grease stains, and then you can let it sit over baking soda and vinegar, and then through a regular uh, wash cycle. Also, one of the common stains is wine as well. If you get wine stains early and they haven't completely dried, you could apply a little bit of peroxide and that should rinse right through. But usually in in most cases in rental properties, we're, we're getting in and even though we're treating the stains early, they've pretty much dried up by then, unless the guest reported to you right away, and then you were able to make it there to explain it to them or do it yourself. In that event, then if we have white sheets, then just a little bit of bleach. Sometimes we have to pull out the heavy artillery to um, save our linen. Makeup stains and oxidated stains, a little bit of um, denatured alcohol. You dab it on there, loosen up the, the grease marks, and then again, baking soda and vinegar and through the wash cycle dirt stains. Now, dirt stains, we can commonly see if we're providing bath mats, well, where they're actually meant to keep the floors dry in the bathroom, but then guests do that. And then they step all over them with, with their sneakers afterwards. They never pick up the, the bath mats. So in those events, we want to do the baking soda and vinegar treatment, but we want it, to, it'll have to run through a couple cycles because those are heavy stains that, um, that won't loosen up quickly.
0: Got it. So there's a lot of different stains, and and you mentioned wine. I think that's a one that I've struggled with in the past, and I, I've always been told if you if you spoil wine, you gotta pour salt onto it as soon as possible. Is that what you exactly. were saying? Because you mentioned something else, but I wasn't sure yeah, what it if exactly.
1: It's, if it's a fresh stain. If it's a fresh stain, there are those methods where it lifts the wine. You don't want to go in and rubbing into it because you'll make it bleed more into the into the linen. Yeah, so you, you try salt, you could try baking soda, you could take another cloth and dab it, use that peroxide, but if it's really set in already or it's dried, then bleach as a last resort.
0: Yeah, but in general, you don't really recommend using bleach, right?
1: No. Bleach is not to be completely banned and forbidden, but it's to be used as a last resort. Got it, okay. It's not to go to.
0: Yeah, Awesome. So we've covered a lot. Last thing I wanted to talk about is the, the lifespan of the linen. Like what, what are the most important things that you can do to extend the lifespan of your linen?
1: Yeah. So at the end of the day, we can treat our linen with all the best processes, all the best products, but we won't be able to save all of it eventually. Eventually there's some things that we won't be able to recover. So the best offense is a good defense. You wanna protect your, your linen investment by setting up advisories, setting up house rules, inventory sheets, adding written instructions inside the bathrooms on how to care for and, and make use of, of these towels, which in the event if a guest doesn't pay attention, then this information was available for them and they'll create less resistance in an event you have to submit a claim or charge them for it.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I remember you mentioned something about makeup stains. Those those tend to be hard to remove. And you had a great tip when you were talking in our in our student group, you had a great tip. You were saying you know, for for makeup, like make sure that you provide something else, an alternative to using a towel.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the best way to handle the problem is to avoid it completely. So the best offense is a defense where you create those advisories, those inventories, but then steer them away from the bad habits that create the problem and offer alternatives. Some of these stains are created because guests or the person in-house doesn't have anything else to use for certain situations, certain accidents, or just general beauty routines for people who use makeup and they want to remove it, they'll grab the first thing that's in sight if they didn't bring their own things. So usually that's the hand towels and the body towels. So Mm -hmm. you can provide makeup wipes, uh, makeup pads, and then black towels as well, which are with those instructions will explain what their use is for. And also disposable, uh, weird towels, just instead of throwing out and calling it a complete loss of the towels you weren't able to recover, you could still store them. And then with those advisories, guests will know that those towels are disposable and they could use it to clean up a mess. I don't know if you ever cooked with curry, but it's a very stubborn stain. If a child has an accident and vomits, they can grab those already used and abused sheets and you won't have to worry about uh, ruining any of your nice new beautiful linen.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. So, so basically the towels, that's the only, those are the only ones where you say, okay, you don't have to necessarily get the white ones. The darker ones are are cool too.
1: So yeah, so dark can find its good use as well.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Awesome, dude. we, we went through a lot. Is there anything we missed? That's about it. That's about it, right? Okay. In right. a nutshell. In a nutshell, right? Yeah. Sweet man, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure this is really helpful for all the all the listeners. And again, let us know uh, if people are interested in in visiting my apartment or how many apartments do you do you manage now in Cali?
1: So it's a uh, our portfolio is currently on 21 units.
0: 21 units. Awesome. Yeah,
1: and. Anybody who's listening to this, uh, feel free to come on down to Cali. It's one of the most beautiful cities in Colombia. The weather's hot, the drinks are cold, and you're always welcome.
0: That's right. That's right. I love that place. And if you want to stay in my apartment, then you have to hit up uh, Harold as well, because uh, he's in charge. Um, staydirectly.exstr.com was the website, right? That's correct. That's correct. And that's a your that's a porter website, isn't it?
1: It is. <laughs> it's yeah, run by your Porter. Because
0: I recognize the uh, stay directly that your Porter uses, and uh, and by the way, if you if you look at that website, and if you like it, and you want your own direct booking website, your Porter is a great tool to build the uh, the direct booking website. You can literally create it in. Uh, in less than an hour. And um, if you use uh, our code PADPAD, you even get $20 off your subscription. So your porter use code uh, PADPAD. All right, Harold, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I hope to see you soon in Cali in Colombia, but I also want my apartment to be booked. So uh, thank you for uh, everything you do for, for me personally. And thanks for coming on the show.
1: It's always a pleasure, Jasper. Thank you for having me. And you know, you don't necessarily have to stay in your apartment. We could book you at another one too.
0: That's right. And that's a good point. (laughs) I used to do that with my first apartment in Amsterdam. I I would come back to Amsterdam and then I'd be like, well, I could also stay at my friend's place, sleep on the couch and make an extra $200. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. And next week we'll be back with another episode. So make sure you don't miss it. See you then.
1: Get paid for your pad. 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 Get paid for your pad.
0: If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over two million dollars or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.